Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. What's up, guys? Today we discuss about SEO, how to write text that will bring ranking positions, traffic and sales. Uh, and I'm excited to discuss this topic with Sherry Berg. How are you? Good. How are you? Hi, everyone. Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You know, I check out your LinkedIn profile. I found, yeah, you have extended experience. You can share some insights and I love learn something new. Uh, before we start, just tell about your background, your experience and why you decided to take this topic. Okay. Um, well, my background is actually in journalism. Um, I went to journalism school. I was a professional journalist for more than a decade. And then I kind of switched gears and went into PR and then also SEO copywriting. Um, it's always kind of been part of what I've done for the last 20 years. Um, and now that's what I exclusively do. I focus on SEO copywriting for people, not for search engines, which is what we're talking about today. Yeah, got it. And you know, I think that today we can divide uh, copywriters and journalists. They are different, you know, because journalists usually think how to create high quality uh, content, uh, articles that will bring a lot of views, uh, results, and they know that they can get more uh, if they provide some uh, viral content and something like this. But copywriters usually rewrite content in the top 10 results. They don't care about uh, results. Perhaps they care, but they think that um, it's possible today to rewrite existing content and get results. Uh, I'm not sure it's uh, uh, it's possible because uh, Google can recognize the content and uh, the last time user experience pays uh, a lot of, uh, uh, I think, like uh, significant, significant part of SEO. Uh, can you tell from your experience uh, how to write for a human, where to start? For example, if uh, I have no experience and from my um, in my company, we always cooperate with clients uh, that tell me, you know, I want to develop my uh, company. I want to develop my products, innovate what I have, but I have no experience how to write. I don't know. Please help me with that. Ten years ago, I did it. You know, I hired copywriters uh, and tell them, uh, please uh, write text. Uh, I found only uh, copywriters who wrote about everything. Today, uh, it doesn't work. Tell. Uh, our audience, how to handle the process and uh, how to find copywriters and how to write for a human. Right. Well, if you're going to write for a human, um, you have to talk to the humans that are behind the product or the service or the, the brand that you're promoting. Mm -hmm. um, so you have to take some time to get to know who's, who's the face of this business that you're representing before you write content for them. Once you, once you spend time talking to them and learning their stories, then, then you can write content for people and not Google. And I think we should probably clarify, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that you should never optimize for Google because obviously if you don't do that, Google isn't going to find you. But there is a way to do that that isn't putting Google in the forefront and adds value to what the reader is seeing from your content. Yeah, I think Google is in the second place after a human. Yes, yes, yes. In fact, that's, that's kind of my motto with my business. People first, Google second. Search engine second. Um, shouldn't just limit it to Google, although you know people do because it is it is. Yeah. I think it has, 90, has 90, last time I checked, ninety percent of the search yeah, traffic 92. globally. <laughs> so yeah, um, 
But, you know, my my journalism background, I think, um, has prepared me well for being able to write for people first and not search engines because there's that storytelling component. And I really think that the secret recipe behind any well-written content is storytelling. You have to tell a story if you want someone to follow along. And, and what I like to do with, with my content is we go back to that old marketing tactic. You have to solve a problem or you know fix a pain point for, for the customer to get them to identify with your brand. Well, a really good way to do that that is to make your customer a part of that story. Make them the hero of the story and show them how your product or service can fix a, a problem for them while making them the hero of that story. So instead of just saying, for instance, um, we sell the best custom-made shoe orthotics you know, in wherever, um, Lister City here, um, you could talk about why people need shoe orthotics, give that, give that problem, and someone, if they're looking for shoe orthotics, is most likely going to identify with that problem or with that need. And then you lead them through a journey with the product that helps them solve their problem. It's, it's just storytelling 101, and it, it does make for better content for people. Yeah, I love this format as well. And, you know, I remember one time when Tim Cook presented a new Apple Watch. And, you know, uh, what he did, he didn't share any features. Uh, he didn't share that uh, it's waterproof, uh, uh, long uh, plain battery. No, he shared three stories how Apple Watch can help uh, free people. Uh, one of them uh, was a sportsman, you know, uh, and uh, uh, he he swimming and uh, counting the time. The second was um, I don't remember exactly about all the stories, but he shared stories uh, how it uh, helps. And you know what I can see from uh, uh, new websites? They usually share a lot of features, many features, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you know, people are not interested with that. Uh, possible uh, some percent can. Uh, pay attention to features but uh, in the first place they want to know the story uh, can you tell from your experience how to craft uh, awesome story uh, for example if you have a new product and uh, uh, how to make your customer the part of this story uh, that means we need to create uh, the text that uh, will create this feeling you know for example when i check out uh, uh, um, new marketing campaign for uh, a new BMW, for example, and uh, I can see uh, when uh, someone is driving this car, you know, awesome car, you know, I can feel much better. And, you know, when I see this advertisement, I can feel, oh, it's me, I can drive this car, you know, I can be one part of this uh, car. Uh, provide your insights. Uh, how to, for example, if you have no experience, how to uh, create this story? Well, again, like I say, you have to go back and look at the product itself and the person behind the product. Every product is or service was created by a person. So what prompted that person to create the product or service? It's you go back to the go back to the five tenets of journalism, who, what, where, when, why and how um, answer those questions about a product. And you're going to connect with your audience um, because you're telling the story of how this product came to be. And then if it's if it's a specific product, we can go back to the shoe orthotics for an example, I guess. Um, a lot of people have foot pain and they can't walk. 
So that's why they're looking for shoe orthotics. You could take your top product and tell a story about someone who was unable to, let's, let's make them a 78-year-old grandma. Okay? They were unable to enjoy walks with their grandchild because they had foot pain. And you lead them down, you tell this person's story, how horrible it is for them to not be able to enjoy going outside and walking with their grandchild. They try your orthotics and they are able to once again, enjoy being outside and taking walks and just playing with their grandchild without foot pain. So you lead them on a journey, show them you know, what the product is, what the problem is that you can solve. And then you know, a happy, got that happy ending. Someone used mm -hmm. your product and here's their happy ending. You, you can't go wrong with that formula. I mean, somebody out there, if they're looking for your product and you've done your product research right, and you know what problems you're trying to solve, you can tell a story for just about any scenario. And, and you probably should tell more than one story um, about your product if it has different purposes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, valuable. Okay. Uh, I want to ask one question about um, uh, how to improve writing skills because i often get this question from my audience uh, for example i'm ukrainian i can speak russian i can write in ukrainian russian english is my third language but you know uh, when i started to learn uh, english uh, uh, i uh, acquired a book uh, and uh, i think like uh, uh, i don't remember exactly the name of this book that was all grammar in one book uh, plus thousand pages and uh, I only uh, can uh, read 300 pages from this book you know because uh, a lot of uh, rules you know yes. and uh, <laughs> you know and uh, um, I stop uh, you know it's um, I can't give up if I like the process if I don't like the process I I usually search for another way and for example uh, I don't remember uh, Russian and Ukrainian rules I can write text, but I don't remember all these rules from school. And I decided, no way, it's it's better to practice. It's better to act. And I started to yes. write every day, plus thousand words a day. I took this approach from Jack London. He uh, shared on his books that uh, great offers write plus thousand words a day. Uh, you know, for me, it's hard to imagine how uh, Jack London counted uh, <laughs> these words <laughs> because uh, in his time he didn't have uh, had any uh, uh, have any tools. But today, yeah. We can do it in Google Docs and any other. Can you uh, tell from your experience how to improve writing skills? Uh, because I think it's the foundation of any writing. Right. Well, I think you already touched on a little bit. T to get good at anything, you have to practice. Um, and that being said, I, I, I will say that as a native English speaker, English has way too many rules. So <laughs> I, I understand mm -hmm. how people can get frustrated trying to write in English. And so I think instead of worrying so much about the rules when you're writing, just get the story out. Um, that's what that's what most writers do. Um, they get that story out. And if you're looking for things to write about, you can really write about anything. Something I used to do um, from the time I was old enough to hold a pencil, I used to go out in my yard and just pick a spot and sit and whatever I saw around me, if it was an animal, trees, trees and an animal, anything, I would make up a story about that. So, you know, that helps with your creativity too, not just your writing. So, you know, go somewhere you don't usually go, um, observe something that you wouldn't normally pay attention to, and then write a story about it. And go through that first draft, just get out your idea, get it all out, and then then later you can go back and 
and check for grammar and you know tighten it up however you want to. There are a lot of tools for doing that. Um, Grammarly is one of them that people use. Hemingway app is another good one. Um, so if you're writing and you do need to make sure that it's a clean copy before you give it to somebody, you know, obviously then copy edit it before you you send it off. But just get it out first. That's that's what I tell everybody. Um, get that first draft down, and then you can always improve on it later. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, good. By the way, Grammarly can check out uh, and analyze uh, online. You know, when you just type, you can yeah. see all your uh, mistakes uh, at the time. Okay. Uh, um, can I can I just give you one quick warning though about Grammarly since I did bring it up? Just be careful because it's not always correct. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> a lot of times it will want you to change something, and you're like, no, that's not what that's supposed to say. So just you know, use any of those tools. Um, with a little bit of skepticism because because they're not always correct they are based on ai and and rules mm -hmm. that may not be applying to what you're actually writing i think uh, it helps uh, to help yes. to find your errors but uh, of course it's not accurate sometimes you can skip right. it even uh, what i like in grammarly you can add uh, new rules <laughs> for mm -hmm. example yes. yeah just uh, uh, tell ignore it skip it or add to dictionary because it's my rule <laughs> yes. yeah okay um uh, let's talk about uh retaining the audience uh once uh, i read the book from josh ugerman um and uh, he shared that you need to start from the first sentence and the main reason of the first sentence uh to uh provide uh the strong reason to read the second the second to read the third and uh, he uh, shares about what you can do to write short incomplete sentence uh, mm -hmm. because most uh, writers uh, readers uh, they have no time uh, they are busy and uh, we can see today 80 percent of people uh, leave content for a few seconds uh, and what we can do just uh, occupy their attention to take their attention to catch them you know uh, can you tell from your uh, experience how to craft uh, uh, the intro that people uh, wanna read because if we can get uh, there uh, in the intro they will read the whole text yeah it's a uh, huge percent that they will read the whole text mm -hmm, right um i think you you already sort of hit on this that you know people don't have a lot of time and people also don't have long attention spans i think i, I read the other day it was like eight seconds is the average attention span. So if you don't get somebody's attention right away, you know, you've lost them. Um, with my writing, one of the, the, the formulas that I use is to have a great title first. So, you know, if, if you're writing a blog post, take some time to, to come up with a creative and catchy title that uses your topic. So it's probably a keyword as well. So then you can hit people and Google at the same time if you, if you incorporate a keyword in there. But something that that I, I like to call them train wreck headlines, um, something that people just can't help but stop and look at. So, you know, use shock, use surprise, something that's going to draw them in to your topic, but you wanna clearly state the topic. So don't just sensationalize to get people to look, make sure you're clear about what your topic is in that headline, that's the first part. And then your first two sentences really need to um, go back and, talk about, again, reintroduce what your headline stated. So that should be your first sentence. Here's what I'm gonna tell you about. And your second sentence should be why I'm gonna tell you about it. So make sure you get the what and why right off the bat so that people know what you're going to be talking about. 
if it's not something they're interested in, of course, they're not going to read on. But, you know, if you've done your job right with the title and that first sentence, people will keep reading. And then you just build on it from there. Start into that story and, and tell your story in, in the order of sequence that you would tell a story. And if you do it, if you do it right, if you write it for people and not for, you know, Google, people will keep reading all the way to the end. Yeah. And when uh, I say okay. write it for people to, to get them to keep reading, and I'm sure we've all seen it. I'm sure you've seen it. The copy that is so loaded with keywords that it's really unreadable. Um, and that's that's an example of someone that's not really focused on keeping readers on the page. They've gotten them there because they've done their Google search and your article or your case study or whatever online has come up as a search result. And they go to it and they look at it. And within the first three or four sentences, they're thinking, this hasn't really told me anything. So why should I keep reading it? And they leave. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the goal of your content isn't just to get people to your page. It's to keep them there. What do you want to do once they're there? Your content should help you with that. Uh, you know, you mentioned about uh, headline. I want to share with you uh, my free tool, you know, uh, and it's interesting to know. Uh, if you have time to review, uh, it helps to optimize uh, headlines. Uh, it's um, similar to Grammarly. Uh, I mean, like, of course, uh, it's better to check out manually everything, but it uh, memorize, uh, memorizes something. For example, uh, when you use numbers, you can increase CTR. When you use brackets, when you use some powerful words, and this tool can help. Uh, and analyze for example if you write just one title I, I don't think that you need to use this tool but if you write a lot of titles or rewrite the whole website you know uh, by the way you know uh, i'll provide um, a free access for you you know for my pay tool and it helps to analyze uh, the whole website it's interesting to know your review you know about this tool because yeah it helps to uh, optimize uh, uh, titles for CTR to increase CTR uh, and because you know from my experience once I, I got a client and uh, he told me if you provide results for a month I can bring a huge budget and uh, in SEO it's hard you know it's uh, yes. literally impossible you know for a month but you know uh, luckily uh, what I found on his website that um, the topic was weight loss supplements and uh, I found that uh, all his titles were written for the sake of having them you know, nothing special, just boring titles. And wow, yeah, we decided to rewrite all these titles. He uh, had uh, 100,000 um, uh, traffic per month. And we increased uh, um, uh, to 250,000. Uh, uh, and, you know, yeah, that was awesome result, especially uh, for a first month. Uh, but, you know, because of titles, you know, because we just rewrote and provide the strong reason. Yeah, you know, he had titles, for, for example, Shakeology uh, is Shake, you know. What's mm -hmm. going on, man? <laughs> we rewrote Shakeology can help to decrease your weight and something like this, yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, interesting to know about your thoughts about this tool. Uh, well, uh, it's, it's something that a lot of clients don't want to hear when you're writing SEO copy. And I mean, you're, you're kind of talking about it now with they want the quick turnaround, the quick conversions. There is no such thing with SEO. You have to take the time to build your brand, establish your authority and put out some good content that adds value to your to your customers. Um, that takes time. So, you know, I'm always a little bit skeptical when someone says to me, 
I want to, I want to see results in a month. You know, if you give me results in a month then I'm going to hand you an unlimited budget. I always, I always do my best to explain to people why that's kind of unrealistic, an unrealistic expectation. Take your time to do it right. And if you are writing for your audience and not for a search engine, you will naturally take your time to do it right, to establish your brand authority and and to get your, you know, get your valuable content out there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, the topic that uh, we need to write for a human first and the second for uh, Google or search engines. Can you tell how to write for search engines? For example, if we wrote the text for a human, what's the next step? How to optimize for search engines? Um, well, as I kind of mentioned before, um, telling that story. Um, so you have to take some time to to learn about the topic or the person that you're writing about. Um, and, and again, I go back to my journalism background. Um, I'm, I was trained well to find that story about everyone or everything. Everybody has a story to tell. You just have to get it out of them and then figure out how to use that to help them. Um, so, you know, if it's a business, whatever your product or service is, like I said, go back to the person behind that product or service and take the time to get to know who they are. And that will that will lead you into writing better about their product or service. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, can you provide uh, the technical aspect how to learn uh, your readers, uh, your audience? Uh, but because, you know, uh, it sounds simple. Just uh, uh, talk to them, you know, use some tools. Uh, mm -hmm. Provide your uh, way of learning, you know. Uh, yeah. My way of learning. Well, first, I, I do a lot of research, too. Mm -hmm. before, I, before I talk to someone, I want to know about the topic. I want to know about, you know, if there's anything already out there about their brand. I take the time to research and get to know them. And then, um, you know, we can use that that um, interviewing technique that I talked about before, the the who, what, where, when, why, and how. Go through that with your with the person that you're talking to, to learn more about, you know, them or their business or the product or their service. So who are they? What What do they stand for? Who are they? Who are they trying to help? So not just who they are, but who are they trying to help? Um, what is their product or service? And and not just what is it, but what what can it do for you? What can it do for the customer? Um, you know where 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 can you get the product or service? Is it is it local based? Is are they are they e-commerce and you can go anywhere in the world? So who are you trying to reach? That's that's part of the audience. That's part of the where. Where where can your customers get this, and where where is your reach? Um, what where when um, when when can you get your product? If you're if you're a new business, you're launching you're launching a new product or service. When will it be available? And um, yeah, when will it be available? I think that's the what, where, when, why, and how. And then the how part is really the story is is the strong storytelling aspect. How is this product or service going to help someone? I have, a, um, anytime I'm working with someone, whether I'm writing their website content or writing blogs, I have an outline that I send to them that has information on it. Like I, I want them to tell me who they are, what their mission statement is, what their values are. Um, I want them to be very specific with me about their products or services. How did they come up with them? What do they do? Who can use them? I really, it's, it's, it's a very in-depth um, process of learning more about the person. And then I'll, I'll take that information 
and I'll review it. And then I may sit down with them, you know, on a phone call or on a Zoom call and go back through all of that information again and make sure that I have the complete story. So it's a lot of it's a lot of checking your facts. It's a lot of asking for detail. Um, you can't you can't tell a complete story if you don't have all the details. And um, I know that there are some people who also, depending on what the product or service is, you know, you should have you should have that um, the data on who your target audience is. Um, you need to know who you're writing to before you can really craft that story. That's part of of crafting a good story about a product or service. Yeah, valuable. What a interesting. Okay, uh, can you tell um, how to simplify uh, the text? From my experience, uh, I uh, get much higher results if uh, it's simple to read, if it's mm -hmm. not hard to read. Because um, I um, many masters usually write uh, long sentences, hard terminology, uh, but they are customers or readers are probably are not advanced uh, and it's hard for them to analyze to know because they know their content they know their products they know their websites and uh, but uh, audience might not understand uh, as they can you tell uh, how to simplify the text uh, for example i know uh, what you need to do to divide long sentences with short ones to take away terminology <laughs> can you provide more insights about that Sure, sure. Well, first of all, um, you know, write, writing it, it, I think the recommended is now, it, it's changed a little bit since I was in, in journalism school, but the recommended mm -hmm. reading level is about a seventh grade reading level. Um, so, and there are writing tools, Hemingway app, I mentioned it earlier. Um, it's a really good one for telling you what grade level you're writing at. So if you want to write your content first, or you can write directly into the app, it will tell you if you're on target with you know, a, a simplified version. But, but you know, I, I'm sorry for interruption, but when I check out on Hemingway, I can see when you write long sentences, I can get much higher uh, score. Uh, when I write short sentences, uh, Hemingway, yes. yeah, diminishes the score. Yes, avoid run-on sentences. Um, <laughs> uh, the, yes, commas exist and semicolons exist, but if you find yourself using them a lot, you're writing sentences that are too long. Um, uh, the shorter, the better. And and just make sure that it's flowing. Like don't write really short, abrupt sentences that don't flow together well. So, you know, you have to be careful that you're, you know, you're, you're not having like abrupt thoughts all the way through an entire paragraph. You want them to flow. But um, yes, I agree. Definitely shorter, shorter sentences and avoid industry jargon. I think you, you kind of touched on that already, but you, you know, people know their product or their service or their their industry, and they start throwing out the acronyms and the jargon that makes no sense to anybody but them. That's the quickest way to lose someone. If if your very first sentence or your title has some kind of alphabet soup in it, people are going to be like, I don't even know what this is. And then they're gone. So you have to you have to um, find a way to explain it. I, I like to say, explain it to me like I'm five. That's what I tell people all the time. Explain it to me like I'm five. Um, you know, you wouldn't throw out alphabet soup, at least I would hope you wouldn't at, you know, a five-year-old, if you were trying to explain how, you know, go back to the shoe orthotics, if you were trying to explain how a shoe insert helped them, you wouldn't throw out a bunch of industry jargon they wouldn't understand. You would put it in terms at their level. So, you know, simple was better. Uh, you know, you're not, nine times out of 10, you're not writing a dissertation or a thesis. 
you're writing content for everyday people. So there's no reason to pull out the $25 words or the industry jargon, as I like to, to call those. Um, write as simply as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, many guides uh, uh, share that you need to uh, write for a person, not for a crowd. Can you right. tell how to write for a person? Well, the the tense that you choose to write in. Um, you know, when I was when I was in journalism school, we weren't allowed to write you. You know, you were not allowed to write a story using you. Um, you had to be third person all the time, and it, that was really hard to get out of that way of thinking. But if you want to talk to the customer, you have to talk to them in the first person. Talk to them like they are the only person that matters. So, you know, using first person pronouns, you, me, we, um, we can we can be on this journey together. Um, I can help you with, you know, be very personal about the words that you use. So you want it, you want it to feel like, you know, just like you and I are having a conversation, even though there's other people listening in, you know, I can't see those people. I just see you. So, you know. Act like you're having a conversation with one person and focus solely on that person and their needs and their story when you're writing your content. Yeah. By the way, that was my uh, the next question about conversational tone. <laughs> How to write in this tone? Because if I write, I don't know it's conversational or not. If I speak, talk, yeah, I can analyze. It's my real conversation. Yes. But how to write in conversational tone if I write? Or you know, something text? something that you can do is read it to yourself or read it to another mm-hmm. person after you've written it, and ask them, "Do you feel like I'm talking to you when I read this?" I mean, getting feedback is always, you know should always be part of your writing process. Um, and if, if if your target audience says to you and you read it to someone and they say, no, I don't, I don't know who you're talking to. I don't feel like we're having a conversation. And then go back to the drawing board and try again. But, you know, getting feedback is really helpful when you're first starting out trying to get that tone of voice right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got it. Yeah, interesting. I never thought about this. Uh, I, I usually, you know, for example, I can uh, record my... Uh, uh speech and uh after and convert to uh writing format but in order to read for someone else you know to and to have the opinion yeah interesting i'm going to use it <laughs> i need to check yeah, it well, out I think once, you know once you've done it for a long time you know you you just know okay this is a conversational tone you know like i've been writing for more than 20 years so i, I pretty much got it down but if you're just getting started or you do struggle with it you know it's a good thing to do just read it to someone mm-hmm. and pretend like you're having a conversation with them and see how it's received. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I want to ask your opinion, uh, prediction about uh, the future of writing. For example, Entrepreneur uh, posted uh, content that was written uh, with AI, you know, artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> what kind of future we will have if robots will write uh, all this text without writers? Well, I have two thoughts on this. Um, one, first of all, I'm not worried about AI replacing writers. Um, AI needs writers. I mean, that's how the algorithms work. Writers train them to recognize how to write a sentence, what a topic is, all that all that stuff. I, and I know because I've been part of beta programs for new AI programs, um, where I've basically given it articles and content and helped it learn how to write. Um, that being said, if you're smart and you, you are in copywriting or SEO or even, you know, web design, you will find ways to leverage AI to your benefit. Um, you can serve more clients. You can um, help with content. I mean, I sometimes I can load into AI 
a topic and I give it a couple sentences to get started and it'll crank out a draft for me. Now, would I use that draft without making changes? No, because it's not. AI is not to the point that it can do that, but it gives me a starting point and then I can go back and quickly tweak things sometimes depending on what the topic is. So if you're smart, you will, you know, you pick pick a good AI program um, and you learn how to leverage that power for for your betterment. Um, you know, it can help you be more efficient at your job. You can serve clients better um, and, and you can be quicker at what you're doing if you use it right, the right way. Yeah. Uh, you know. but, but I really don't think, you know, writers have this conversation all the time. I really don't think we're in, in danger of being replaced by by AI. Not anytime soon. Ah, uh, who knows, who knows. <laughs> Elon Musk says that AI will be dangerous for a human. <laughs> no. Yeah. Hope Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and and something else that you can do, um, and I don't think we talk about this enough, but if you're writing online content, especially for a website, a really good tool to look at is your bounce rate. Um, now, Google doesn't ding you for if you have a high bounce rate. Um, and, and for those who don't, who don't know what I mean by bounce rate, that is the amount of time someone has spent on your site once they come there. So if they leave quickly, after they land on whatever page they've come to, it can affect your bounce rate and make it higher. Um, but if you look at your bounce rate, if it's if it's over 70%, you need to tweak your content because it means that people have come to your page, they look at it, they're not find they're either not finding what they need right away or they're completely disinterested by the copy that they see and they quickly leave. Uh, you so, know, the, this metric is controversial, you know, yeah, yeah it depends, yeah. it depends because Google uh, pays attention to dwell time. We can't yes. get results from dwell time. Uh, dwell time, it, that means when people uh, get back to the search system. And yeah, uh, but uh, uh, if people, uh, readers open your website, get everything what they need from uh, one page, uh, Google can't count if they don't do anything else, you know, don't click to other uh buttons or uh links uh and yeah it's uh you get this uh, bounce rate and yeah it depends you know it depends it's better to analyze what kind of content you have for example if you have right. landing page with phone number and it's enough why not <laughs> yeah right it, I mean, it's one of the first things that i that i look at anytime i'm writing for a client and i see that the bounce rate is creeping back up i look at the content i mean it's it's not the only it's not the only factor that affects that, but it, it can be a, you know, a, a, contrib- a big contributing factor um, if, if you have a lot of, you know, keyword stuffed, poorly written content mm-hmm. that really doesn't add value to, you know, to your target audience at all. You know, yeah, I want to know more about that. Uh, for example, uh, how to edit content. Uh, I have a, a client and uh, he wrote many articles uh, and these articles uh, brought traffic uh, in the past. Today, uh, I think uh, new Google algorithms uh, uh, punish this website and uh, yeah, uh, because of user experience. Uh, how to fix uh, what uh, these problems? Uh, if I know that uh, articles were written uh, 
that was like uh, i don't know uh, the content is good uh, it's actual but uh, it's hard to read uh, can you tell how to edit existing text uh, from your uh, experience yeah well the first thing you want to do if, if it's ranking well in search engines you don't want to you don't want to lose the keywords that are in there um, but you have to look at it through that lens of the storytelling angle is this is this flowing? Is it telling a story, or does it just have the right keywords in it? Um, a lot of times, older content, and and I'm sure you know this too. Google changes so much um, that it can be maddening trying to keep up with. Okay, what do I have to do now to get my content to work? Um, but if you have something that's ranking well, you you, you definitely don't want to mess with the keywords. But you want to go back and look at flow. Is is it adding value? Is it telling a story? Have you made your customer the hero of that story? So you might just need to, some things might just need tweaked a little bit. Um, make sure they're at the right reading level. Um, have you have you thrown in a bunch of industry jargon, as we talked about earlier? Um, is it written for people who already understand your industry or your product or your service? Or is it written for people who are looking for that but don't know anything about it? So, you know, there's a lot of things that you can go back and review, um, but, but I always come back to that storytelling aspect. If you tell a good story in your content, you, you really can't go wrong. And I think Google is starting to recognize that now. Um, I had a conversation in one of my copywriting groups a couple of weeks ago about that um, with some other copywriters, that it's, it's nice to finally see Google recognizing quality content and not just keywords <laughs> throughout the content. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, don't don't be afraid to to take the time to take stuff, even if it was ranking well with keywords and redo it a little bit to make it more user friendly and, and to make sure that it is telling a story and that you are connecting with you know, your target audience and not just putting in that requisite number of keywords and throwing it out there and see what happens. Yeah, valuable. OK, uh, can you share more about personalization, how to personalize? content uh, because yeah today it plays a huge role uh to get results most readers are impatient they want to get what they want to get <laughs> they're not right. interested to read the whole content uh, online because we are busy and mm -hmm. why we need to waste our time uh, yeah how to personalize content today um well you know you've, you've got to inject if you want to personalize it you've got to inject some personality into it and you know if and this depends on the the brand that you're writing for um i i found that most people connect with humor. If you can work humor into your copy, and if that's something that, is, that aligns with the brand that you're writing for, I, I have found that, that that really works well. And, and it's, a good, it's a good way to get people to connect with you quickly and, and keep reading and to personalize it. And don't be afraid to tell, you know, we're, we're going back to personalize it. It's a personal story. Um, and this is where you can go back to the person behind the, the product or the service or the brand, um, you know, tell their story. When I'm blogging on my site, um, like, like a while ago, we were talking about headlines. I am notoriously horrible at writing headlines. I admit it. I mean, I, it's something I struggle with. I use a lot of head, headline writing tools to help me out. I mean, I have the right ideas. I just have <laughs> trouble getting them together. Mm -hmm. um, so I wrote a whole blog about the fact that I... I stink at writing headlines and I made it very personal. People just really, that's one of my best performing blogs to this day because people can connect with it. They're going, ha, ah, look at her. She's been writing for like 20 years and she still can't write a headline. They connected with it. 
you know, I made fun of myself and then I offered them, here's how, here's how I fix that problem. Here's what you can do to fix that problem too. So, you know, you have to, you have to not be afraid to, you know, make a little fun of yourself or, um, you know, I help that person identify with, with you, you know, you, if you have the same problem they do, they're going to be like, ah, they get it. And this product or this service will help me because they really understand what I'm, you know, what's going on here. So, you know, don't be afraid to make yourself, you know, the butt of a joke or put out your flaws. People want to connect with that. They like to know that, you know, that you're not perfect or that your product or service exists because someone needed it because they're not mm -hmm. perfect. So, you know, don't be afraid to, to connect in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you mentioned about uh, to make a customer hero. Can you tell more technical aspects, how to do it? Uh, what kind of information we need to share to make uh, a customer uh, or provide this feeling that they are hero? Mm -hmm. Well, you need to you need to have a firm understanding of who your target audience is, first of all. So if you haven't if you haven't done any um, any surveying or any anything that, that gives you that data on who the target audience is, you're not going to be able to make that person a hero of the story. Because you're talking, you're talking to people that you don't know. You know, you and I are talking. If if we talked long enough and we got to know each other a little bit better, I could I could easily personalize something to make you to make it specific to you. But when you're a brand, you're talking to anybody that's come to your page. So you have to know, you really have to understand your product, your mission, your mission with that product, and the kind of people who are going to buy it before you can even begin to think about crafting them into that story. To make them the hero, but um, you know, being very generic about it, if let's say it's a product um, you, that's solving a specific problem, maybe make your customer put flip them in the role of where you would play as the originator or the creator of that product, and have them solve a problem for someone else with that product. That makes them the hero. You know, maybe they use the product and and it worked wonders for them and they've encountered someone else that has the same problem and they introduce them to your product and help them solve their problem. So you're, you're kind of switching roles with your with your audience. That's that's one good way to do it. And mm -hmm. and again, it it's hard for me to be more specific without a specific example. But, you know, depending on what your product or service is, you would you'd craft that that story around it. Yeah, it always depends. Okay, Sherry, thanks a lot for your time. You know, it's a pleasure. Uh, you shared a lot of insights. Yeah, valuable, so valuable. Uh, and uh, tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Um, well, I'm on LinkedIn, um, and you can find me under Sherry Berg on LinkedIn. Um, I also have a website, The Right Reflection, at therightreflection.com. And... Um, I'm on Twitter at the right reflection. Um, on Facebook at the right reflection. Um, if you go to my website, you can. I have a, a you know a, a quarterly newsletter. If you're interested in learning more things, you can sign up for the newsletter. Have it direct to your inbox. Um, connect with me on pretty much any social media. If you have questions, I'd love questions. Feel free to you know send me a private message or or post on one of my uh, on my posts. I'm I'm always happy to to talk with new people and provide feedback.
Cool, cool. Okay, guys, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen us on Google, Apple, uh, Spotify. Thanks a lot, Sherry, for your time. You know, you share a lot of insights. I'm going to use some of them, uh, by the way. <laughs> I love them. And uh, thanks, guys, for listening and watching us. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.